You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. We are in a, uh, in a series called Come What May, and that was actually, uh, it's based off of this last song that was just sang by our worship team. It's a, it's a single from Awakened Music. And I don't know about you guys, but I get excited that our church is actually putting music out that is reaching across the world. That is powerful. Not every church has that. And it's such, a, it's such an amazing um, ministry that we have. And I'm going to read a couple lyrics. I know we just sang it, but I want to read a couple lyrics from the song just so you guys get a, uh, just a better understanding of what it is. And it kind of seems like a, like a mellow, chill vibe type song, I think. It's not like Rattle. But it has a mellow vibe. However, the lyrics are warfare type lyrics. They're powerful lyrics. And I really want you to grasp this idea because my message is based on this title. And it says, we won't shrink in the shadows. We won't bow to fear of man. Our enemies crumble by the power of your hand. Strongholds are defeated. Brought down as we shout your praise. This is a song in season for me. Maybe this is a song in season for you. With a lot that's going on right now in our, in our world, many are faced with um, big decisions to make in their life. I being one of them. Um, the only reason why I have a job right now is because of my faith. In the natural and in the, in the supernatural what I mean by in the natural is because I've submitted uh, a religious exemption and I'm waiting. I'm waiting because there will be interviews and these interviews I will be questioned to see if my faith is sincere. Now, I would say that my faith is sincere because I'm here before you guys today preaching about faith. Come on. Yeah, it's such a such an interesting time. I don't think any of, any of us would have predicted we would be in um, in this type of situation. But you know what? Honestly, I've already made up in my mind, and I believe things will turn for my favor. I believe everything will work out, and um, I'll still be hired because I love what I do, and um, I believe it's going to turn out good. However, I've made up in my mind that if they were to take it away. I won't bow my knee because I know who my provider is. I know who, where I get my provision from. They can never take that away from me because I am planted in his word. When I think about this, I think about Acts chapter 16 when Paul and Silas get thrown into a prison, right, for preaching the gospel. They're chained up. Horrible circumstance, horrible situation, yet, yet, their praise couldn't be taken from their mouth. Their praise cannot be taken from their mouth. They praise God in their circumstance, in their situation. And right now, my praise can't be taken from me no matter what happens. I have decided to stand for faith. I have decided to stand for the word of God. And as you can see, I'm fired up because we are in a season of warfare. It's not a time to sleep. It's not a time to bow down or sit down. But God is looking for men and women of God who are ready to stand up and fight for the faith. 
who are ready to put on their armor and step into the battlefield and not be afraid of the arrows that fly by night and day. The title of my message today is Planted in the Promise. Planted in the Promise. And don't expect me to give you any gardening tips. I don't know how to garden. I don't think I've ever planted anything in my life. But I know God was doing something when he said, planted in the promise, this was it. And what I mean by that, when I say planted in the promise, I'm referring to God's word. In God's word, there are many, many promises that we should all put in our heart. We should all learn because we're going to need them for whatever season we go through. One of those being Romans 8.28, for I know all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called, called according to his purpose. That's a promise from God. That means whatever you're going through, you can say this and declare it over your life and believe that all things will work together regardless of what it looks like. That's a promise. My first, I have three thoughts around this, this message. My first one is the seed. The seed. And the scripture I'm going to be reading from is Luke chapter 17 Verses 5 through 6. And it says, The apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Can we all say increase? Can we say increase? Increase our faith. The apostles told Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. I'm here to tell you today that your faith can be elevated to another level in God. Your faith can be increased. In other words, what they were telling Jesus was this. We will confidently put our trust in you and in your power is what they were saying. And what Jesus said was this. He said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. As small as a mustard seed. That is very, very small. There's a lot of seeds much bigger than that, right? But what I believe Jesus was doing in this moment was he was trying to get them to understand how much power there is in faith. He wanted them to grasp the concept, if you just believe a little bit, I can move in your life. But what happens when you have faith that is greater than a mustard seed? What can God do then? What can he do in your life when you believe in the impossible, that he is the God of the impossible? And he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly beyond anything we can think, ask, or even imagine. That's the type of God we serve. In order to stay planted in the promise, you must have faith. You must have faith to believe in his promises and in his word. And recently, I was probably involved in one of the biggest seasons of warfare. And a lot of you guys were there fighting this same fight. And um, this was back in October, November, when my, uh, be- one of my best friends, Moises, was battling for cancer. Now, I never seen a church rise up like it did during that time with so many men and women of God believing for a miracle, praying for him, fasting for him. I spent time in the hospital room, step- spent time in his house declaring healing over his life and wholeheartedly believing by faith that he would be healed. Now the Bible says that the prayer of faith will heal the sick. The prayer of faith will heal the sick, and I had faith to believe that he would be healed. 
However, Moises, he died to cancer in November. And during that time, it really shook me. And I know a lot of peop other people were, were shaken by it because we really believed that a miracle would happen. And God started dealing with me during this time and really speaking to me because I was at a loss for words. And I didn't know what to say or what to think. And I tried to figure it out. And God said, don't figure it out. My ways are higher than yours. Don't figure this out. And I said, okay, God, I got to be at peace with that. I have to be at peace with that. And then it came time for me. I had the honor to do his service. And I began to preach a message and share about Moises' life, how he was so dedicated to this house. He loved this church. Moises was committed to serving as an usher, a lead usher. He was a regular at men's prayer. Moises loved God. He loved God so much, and I shared his story. I shared how much he meant to me. And he had a lot of family and, and friends there at that service. The room was packed out. And then I did an altar call, and I didn't know if I should do this. Honestly, I was like, man, I don't know. It's a funeral. I don't know what they're going to think. But no, this is what Moises would have wanted. So I extended I extend the offer if anyone wanted to receive Jesus in that place. And we've seen over 30 to 40 hands go up and say, I want Jesus in my life. I want the Jesus that Moises served. I want him in my life. And I began to understand something as God began to deal with me in, at, during this time. Was that this. What type of impact do you want to have for the kingdom? If God was to give you an extended life, but, not, but you wouldn't have that much impact in the kingdom, would you choose it? Or would you choose to have a shortened life, but have a greater impact for the kingdom of God? Would you choose that? And I had to make a decision in my life that I would choose that. If God was to take me today, take me tomorrow, and it would have a greater impact for his kingdom, more people will come to Christ, more people would come to the kingdom. I would choose that because I understand that we are to be kingdom-minded. The Bible says to fix our eyes on the unseen, to set our mind on things above and not on, on, on these earthly matters, on earthly things. I know Moises lived a significant life for God. My second thought around this message is the soil. The soil. And this is going to be from Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 26. And it says this. Jesus gave them another parable to consider saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed and is filled. But while his men were sleeping... His enemy came and sowed weeds resembling wheat among the wheat and went away. So when the plant sprouted and formed grain, the weeds appeared also. To stay planted, you must have good soil and understand what's in your soil. It says this, that when the men were sleeping, the enemy came and sowed weeds resembling wheat among the wheat. What I believe God was trying to speak to me on this passage was this. 
is that the enemy comes to sow seeds into your life when you're most vulnerable. When you're most vulnerable, going through a vulnerable season, like the one that we went through with Moises, and understanding, God, why didn't you do the miracle? That's a vulnerable season because you can stop believing in miracles. If you allow the voice of the enemy to come into your mind. We can't, let those, we can't allow those things to grasp our mind because it will take root in our heart. And it will try to corrupt the good crops and good seeds that we plant for his kingdom. If you plant good seed and good soil, you should expect a good crop. We must be aware of the enemy planting weeds. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says that, do not, do not be deceived, God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, he shall reap. And in the 8th verse, it says that if a man sows into the spirit, he will reap eternal life. If he sows into the flesh, he will reap destruction and ruin. What we sow matters. It doesn't matter if your great-grandfather, great-grandmother did something a certain way and it trickled down and that's just the way how we are. That's just the way how we live. You got to consider, does it line up with the word of God? Because the word of God should be final in our life. We don't live by emotions. And I love what Rex Crane says when he says, we're not what we feel, we're what we decide. And just this week I felt God say, don't be empowered by feelings, be empowered by faith. He said it so clear to me. Don't be empowered by feelings. Be empowered by faith. You may feel sick, but you can decide to pray for healing over your life. You may feel depressed, but you can decide to break those bondages in your life. I believe today somebody would decide to break the bondages that are on their life. And I, will, I believe God is revealing those things to you right now in the moment. The things that are taking root. The weeds that are in your life that are trying to drain out the good crops in your life. The man goes on to tell his servants. The servants come up to him and say, hey, didn't you sow good seed? Because now we're seeing weeds come up from the ground. And then he tells the servants, hey... When you were sleeping, the enemy sowed seed, uh, bad weeds in the crops. So he told them this. He said, let them grow. Let them grow. And when it's time for harvest, the reapers will go and bundle up the weeds and they will burn them. The Bible says that what we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It's time to take those things that God is revealing to you and it's time to bind them up and burn them. Let the fire of God consume these things so you can have freedom. Why do we want freedom? We want freedom because we want to be effective for the kingdom of God. There's too many, too many of your family members, too many of your friends, too many of your co-workers that are dependent on us speaking up about our faith and sharing what God has done in our life. It matters. I'm here to tell you it matters. Everything we do for the kingdom matters. Lives depend on it. When, 
What happens when circumstances aren't changing, you need to allow God to change you. Allow God to change you so he can change your perspective on your circumstances. Change your perspective on your circumstances. We must be renewed in our mind, transformed in our mind. The third and final thought to this message is the fruit. To be planted in the promise, the seed, sow seeds of faith, when sow seeds of love, sow seeds of patience in your life, and you will reap those things. The soil, don't allow weeds to take grasp of your crops. Identify those things that are taking bondage of your life, strongholds that are trying to hold you down. Bind them and burn them up by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Number three, the fruit. We're going to go to Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence, confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its, sends out its roots by the stream. It, is, it does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are green. It has no worries. In a year of drought, it never fails to bear fruit. Faith and trust will keep your roots growing deep. That stream of living water, the Holy Spirit, you got to allow your roots to stretch deep into the ground, to the source of living water, which is the Holy Spirit. What type of connection do you have with the Holy Spirit? If you have a deep relationship with God, your faith, your trust, your roots will grow deep. In a season of drought, you will still bear fruit. You will still produce fruit in a season of drought. It doesn't matter what the season is. It doesn't matter if you're in a desert season. It doesn't matter if your life feels like there's a storm ahead. It doesn't matter because you will still produce fruit in your life. You know, last year in January, around this time, we had a big decision to make in our lives. And we had just taken over the youth ministry in October. At that point, we had a one-month-year-old. I would be lying to you if I said it was easy during that time. It was hard. We're learning how to be leaders, learning how to be first-time parents. The warfare that we, fought, that we battled when nobody was around, People will never know, but me and my wife know what we've been through. We've been fortified by the fire. And during that time, I felt God say, more with less, more with less. But in the supernatural, it's gonna be more with more. The more of you give of your life to me, the more I'm gonna move on your behalf. And during that time, we had to make a decision of whether or not my wife would go back to work. It wasn't an easy one because we were saying bye-bye to, to a lot of money. A lot of for sure's money. 
And that's not easy. Some of you have done the same. But this is what I felt God say. He said, and the reason why it was a battle was because I had this five-year plan in my mind. The five-year plan was this. When my wife returned to work, we've, our debt was the lowest. We were finally going to save for our next house. And we owned a townhome at the time. But I knew we were going to be in a, in a position to, to build up our savings in, in, a, in a fast rate. So we were, that was my plan. But how many know that God sometimes has other plans for us, right? The Bible says that many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is God's will that prevails. Are you willing to let God's will prevail in your life? That's a decision you have to make. And during that time, I knew it was clear as day, we had to let that go. We had to let that season for my wife go. She had to quit. But this is what I heard God say. He said, I know you had a five-year plan, but I'm going to do it in a year. I'm going to get your home in a year. So we didn't have... We didn't have expectations to sell our home that year. In January, it was not on our mind. We wrote it on, we, we put pictures on a vision board though, and we believed. But honestly, we didn't have a plan to sell our home. A couple months later, I thought God said, just sell it. This is what I'm gonna do, just sell it. So we let it go, we sold it. At the time it sold for 35K above asking price, which was a blessing. I ended up moving into my mother-in-law's, which was a blessing as well. However, I need my privacy. We need our privacy, so it's not easy. We've been there for a few months. I love my mother-in-law. She's such a great help to us. But this year in January, we ended up on a priority list for a, for a new build construction of brand new homes. And we, were all, we would go on these virtual meetings, and every time we would go on these virtual meetings, we would always end up around 20th. They start at number one, and it never seemed to get past seven. And there was always three homes being sold, three homes sold. We did this probably for, I don't know, maybe two months, almost three months. And then recently, the, the first two homes sold right away in like the top three, and then there was one. It was uh, uh, plan one, which was the smallest house. And we had uh, on our heart, uh, well, what I wanted was a plan two or plan three. And I didn't care how much it cost, really. I, what I, it, I was approved for, what I was approved for, and I knew it was within the budget. I, I told God, God, I have faith. If it's a lot, I'll go for it. And somehow I know you'll make a way and provide. But plan two and plan three went quick. We didn't have plan one on our hearts or, or on our thoughts, and plan one kept passing. You know, everyone passed. It got to us at 21, and my wife and I were so surprised. And uh, I was looking at her. I was like, should we, do we get it? Do we get it? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I did the right move, and I didn't say yes. Because if I said yes, she probably would have killed me because we didn't discuss this. You don't make a drastic move like that. So we passed it up, and I was like, man, we started kicking our feet. We had, you know, the family in the house, like, what the, my mother-in-law, you should have seen her. She was shocked. Like, no, why did you let it go? She wanted us to get a house so we could leave. She wants her space back. Why did you do that? I started kicking myself in the foot, like, why did we miss out on this? 
and I told my wife, I was like, why don't we just go over there and look at it so we know this is not something we want. We could be sure of it. So we went and we seen the house and it happened to have a bigger yard than the others that sold, a bigger side yard. And I was like, man, this is perfect for us. This is perfect for our season. And God knows the desires of our heart that we, we want a home so we could bring the youth in to our home. God knows the desires of our heart and what we want. So I told Lori, I was like, let's, let's pray. Let's just pray in here. And we began to walk around the, the living room and it's just frames. The only the bottom floor, the first floor was framed up. And I began to walk around in that living room and declare, God, this is your territory. This is kingdom territory for your, for your kingdom, God. There will be tears that fall to this ground, God, of people who are being restored by your power and your love, God. I begin to declare, God, if this is your will, let it happen. Let it happen, God. And I sent a text out to the lady, and this was already two hours past, two hours past the, the meeting. And at that point, I'm like, well, let's get, just give it a try. Let's, let's ask her. Let's see if it's available still. She didn't respond. She didn't respond. After we're done praying, I'm walking back to the car, walking back to the car, and we get a phone call, and it's her. She says, hey, I just called the contingent buyer. They didn't want the house. Do you guys want it? And I knew in that moment that was from God because he allowed that door to be open just a little bit longer so we could step right through it. How many know that sometimes we can mess up opportunities and blessings God has for us, but he'll leave the door open just a little bit longer so we can walk right through it. So we can walk right through it. I'm telling you, God is good. God is great. But that's not the only thing. I heard the word of the Lord, God gave me this word, and he said expansion at the beginning of the year. Expand, this is your year of expansion, to expand. We got the home, that's expansion. And then I find out that my wife is pregnant, that's expansion. With our second baby. And the beautiful thing about this is, God listens to the prayers of my wife. I say she's prophetic. Every time she says something, it comes to pass. We had our baby at five years like we thought we would. And then we had this idea of a two-year gap, and it's two years that our next baby will be reborn. She says, hey, you're not going to marry me unless we have a house. God bless us with the house in the beginning. <laughs> so I've learned to listen to my wife. Sometimes I don't get it right, though. I've got to be honest. But I really hope this encourages you. And I'll finish with this. In the sixth chapter of Daniel, King Darius makes Daniel a, a, a commissioner, a, an administrator. Over 120 satraps, what are like governors, governors of the, of the Persian kingdom. And what happens was there were some, the two other commissioners and, and uh, quite a few of the governors, they didn't like Daniel. So what they did is they went to the king and they convinced him to make a decree for 30 days. And he said, king, make this decree that 
No one could pray to any other God or petition to any other God but to you. But to you and only you. See, Daniel was involved in government. That's why I'm excited that we have somebody at our church who's going to the front lines in government. Let us rally around them. Because God wants to do something in the Contreras family, and I'm excited about it. Daniel was involved in government. As soon as Daniel heard about this decree, he went up to his room, and he did what he always did. He began to pray. He began to pray. He didn't care that they made a decree. He wasn't going to bow his knee. Paul told Timothy that the church is the pillar of truth in society. That's why I'm glad, I'm, I'm excited to be part of a, of a church who declares God's truth and love. We're a church that doesn't stray away from the fight, but we step in it because we know that God is for us. So who could be against us? So Daniel goes to his room and he begins to pray and they find out that he's praying to his God. So they tell King Darius, hey, you know what the, the decree says. You got to obey it. It's written out. So they get Daniel and they throw him in a lion's den full of hungry lions. I don't know about you, but that's a bad situation. They close it up. The next morning, the king comes and says, hey, Daniel, did your God save you? He responds, and the, the lions, an angel came and shut the, the mouths of the lions so they could not devour Daniel in that moment. And what the Bible says is, the reason why they didn't devour Daniel is because he put his trust in the Lord. He put his trust in the Lord. I feel like God is saying, put your trust in me and see what I will do. I will deliver you from the mouths of the lions. I will make a table before your enemies. See what I will do in your life if you trust me and put your faith in me. If you confidently trust in God and in his power, he will deliver you. How good is our God? How good is our God? How deep do your roots run? Are you sowing good seeds in your life? I guarantee you will reap a good harvest. Are you aware of your soil? Are you allowing things to take root that don't need to be there? Don't, allow, don't align with anything that is not the word of God. God does not give us a, he, he's not a, a God of confusion. A matter of fact, he says God's word goes and never returns void, but it accomplishes everything it is set out to do. Do you believe in the word of God? When God says you are more than a conqueror, do you believe in the word of God? When God says you can do all things through him, do you believe it?
I want to give somebody the opportunity today to respond to this man named Jesus who defied all odds, lived a perfect life, was spit on, was mocked, but still loved, was hated for no reason, but still loved. Father, they know not what they do. His hands were nailed on a cross for you because he loved you. You don't have to walk out of this place the same way anymore. I'm telling you, there's hope in Jesus today. Your life can be radically changed if you make the decision to receive Jesus in this place. Today is the day of salvation. In whom will I trust, God? Come on. So I want everyone to bow their heads. And if, the, if that's you in this place and you say, you know what, I want to receive Jesus. I want the life he has for me. I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond. Your life will forever be changed as you walk out these doors if you make the decision today. All things are new. You are a new creation. If that's you in this place, I'm going to count to three. And I just want you to raise your hand high in the air. This is a decision you can make today. So on the count of three, one, two, three, go ahead and let's lift up your hand. If you want Jesus in this place, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I said there would be a mighty move of God. God is moving on the hearts of people right now in this moment as they receive Jesus in this place. Thank you for everyone that responds. Can we all just stand up? And if you responded in that moment, I want you to come forward. If you know someone that responded, I want you to walk them up here. Can we bring the ministry team up? Can we bring some people up here to just pray for some people? Come on, let's put our hands together, guys, for all those who responded to Jesus. Come on, everybody, let's get loud. Come on. I want to say this prayer together, and I want to do one more altar call after that. But everyone, we're going to pray together with these people who received Jesus here today. We're going to join as a church family and say this prayer with them. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, on a rescue mission for my soul. I believe he died for me and he rose on the third day. Today I commit my life to him and my life will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Let's put our hands together for those people. And this is one more, guys. One more. One more altar call. This is for those people who feel like they need an impartation of faith in their life. Who find themselves in a position where they're believing for the impossible, 
and believing for God to move in their life and they need a miracle. This is for those who are finding themselves just needing to trust God to move on their behalf. And you want to increase in faith. If that's you, I want you to come forth in the front. We're going to pray together. And I believe God is going to impart faith, impart a next level of faith in your life. So come on up if you need that type of faith. Come on, let's put our hands together as people walk forward. listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.